I'm David Kelly, President and CEO of Chicana Copper. We just released our initial resource estimate on the Soledad project in Peru. It's a very exciting uh, milestone for us to reach. We have very high grade breaches that start at surface. And this really creates a glimpse of what this uh, asset could be like with the aggressive additional exploration. And we think it creates a foundation that we can build exceptional growth in the company. David, good to see you again. Uh, I've seen you since September. Um, I wanted to get back to you because we're talking about uh, resource uh, due out and it's come out. You must be pleased. Yeah, well, you know, we worked really hard to get that resource. Um, you know, we've been working towards it for four years, really. You know, the initial programs in 2017 and 18 were exploratory in nature, trying to understand these breaches. You know, we had very high grade within these breaches and, and understanding the shapes and the, and the morphologies and whether or not these breccia pipes could be mined. You know, those are all questions that we had early on. And then as we began to advance our understanding and, and more drilling and more uh, surface exploration and geophysics, we started to really see the footprint of the system. It's enormous. You know, the, the, the size of the tourmaline breccia pipe field is, you know, it is 12 square kilometers. And that's a huge area within which, you know, to explore. So we're really excited about that. This creates a platform for our investors to understand what we've been doing and, and what the potential of these breccia pipes can be. Okay. And, and I want to come on to those. Okay. Because like you said, it's, 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 a, it's a big big area. You've talking about 16 targets and you, you've given information out on seven. Um, and, and we will get into it, I promise. I need to talk to you about Peru first, okay? Because yeah. Peru had a tricky year last year, elections, et cetera. Some uh, very negative things being said out there in the press about uh, companies' abilities to mine in country. Um, is it investable? Well, I absolutely think it is. And I, th I think one of the best measures to look at is just look at the production history for Peru. You know, we went back and looked at, at copper production, you know, that that's the metal of interest for us, along with precious metals, of course. But, you know, copper production has been steady and increasing in Peru. And we we plotted, you know, the, the past presidents, you know, there have been seven presidents in the last 13 years. And there has been no effect on the output, uh, which I think is the best measure of mining in Peru. So, you know, we don't we don't think that anything's going to change as a result of the current administration because nothing has changed as a result of the past administrations. There's a lot of headlines, uh, sensational stories. Um, you know, there there have been protests and blockages, and there have been temporary shutdowns. But that's always been the case in Peru. That's nothing really different in my mind. So I'm still very bullish on Peru. I think it's the place to be. You know, most of the major global mining uh, companies are already in and operating in Peru. And I, I don't expect that's going to change. But here's the thing. It's, it's like, how are things being affected on the ground? Like, take, take your team, for instance. You know, are your team on the ground able to function as normal um, or have there been delays which you didn't factor in? I mean, that, that, that's the real test of this. Is what's happening on the ground? There has been nothing that has been different in the in the past year compared to the past four years. You know, we we're fortunate to be in an area where mining is is has been ongoing for a very long time. You know, the district we're in has mining going back a hundred years. Uh, so the, the local communities, they understand mining. You know, we invest a lot in our ESG program. We're very proud of that. And we've, we've you know, have tremendous support from the local uh, 
communities and we provide a lot of support to them. It's a, it's a, it's a win-win situation for us. You know, my biggest complaint about Peru has always been the, just the bureaucratic process of doing business there. And that's even improved in my mind. You know, COVID has taught people that they can deal with electronic documents. They can have meetings that are uh, remote and, and business goes ahead. You know, we had a meeting with the ministry on December 28th this year. You know, they're open for business and we consistently are engaging with them. So there has been no change in my mind with respect to how business is done or how, uh, you know, how work gets done and, and how things advance. We're, we're still moving ahead with our plans. We know we're permitting on the south side of the project and that's going really well. So I expect that to continue. So, okay, again, I just want to stick with this for a bit because I, I, need, I need to know that the, the com- country is investable. I need to know that you're investable. So do you, do you think, you talk about the last four years have been the same, right? But on, on, you know, on, 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 in, in the sense that is it the same as doing business elsewhere? Can you move at the same speed? Are you on track? Do you feel that you're on track with where you expected to be? Well, in my opinion, yes. You know, we we've advanced the project absolutely to to the point where we want it to be. I think we're in a position of strength now. We have a resource. We understand the significance of these breccia pipes. We have you know, a huge number of uh, very high quality targets to test. So I, I think we're right on target where we want to be. I think Peru is, is always going to be a mining country. The geology is spectacular in terms of new discoveries and the potential there. And, and it's a mining country. I think at the end of the day, you're going to find that, you know, all of this rhetoric about, uh, you know, Castillo and the administration, um, and things changing, it's not going to change dramatically. Right. Okay. So in terms of like the permitting process in country, the, the administration process, you think is possibly even slightly improving, but as far as you're concerned, you can do business in country. Nothing that you've seen so far says you can't. Is that it? Simple as that? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. That's exactly our view. Okay. Well, let, let's, I guess, keep a watching brief on that. Um, now, talk to me about this, uh, this resource. Okay. What, what, is it, what does it say? And more importantly, what does it mean? Yeah. So, you know, the, I think the, the best way to look at it is the resource provides a glimpse of what this project can be. You know, multiple high-grade breccia pipes starting at surface. Uh, the breccia pipes are all open at depth right now. So the upside potential is enormous. You know, we have high grade. We've demonstrated that. We've also demonstrated that, you know, the resources fit in uh, and optimized starter pits on the top of breccia pipes, which is a great finding. You know, with the topography we have there, you can do high wall cuts and take out the top part of the breccia pipes. uh, And and then you've got underground uh, resources uh, beyond that, and you know the grade is is it's high. The grade is almost the same in the open cut resources as it is in the underground resources. And you know our view is that those grades are supportive of underground mining. So that's really the first thing. I think the other thing is to look at the metal mix. You know it's about fifty percent copper and fifty percent precious metals. So again, you know this is a great project for getting exposure not only to to copper but also uh, to precious metals, the the precious metal costs uh, can offset your your mining costs of the copper. So you know it it has a lot of great uh, attributes to it. 
I think, but the most important thing is it's it's a demonstration of concept. The resource is telling us that these breccia pipes are very attractive targets from a grade perspective, from a continuity perspective. The mineralization within the breccia pipes is very predictable. It does have high variability in terms of going from extreme ranges of grade down to very strong grades, but the continuity is there. If you look at the at the distribution of mineralization within uh, breccia pipe one, you know essentially the entire breccia pipe is mineralized and that's a great feature to have. But okay, so but it is a bit confusing. Okay, breccia pipe is not some normal mining for most people, most investors. Okay, so I'd like, yeah. I want to kind of get into help us with this. So we're talking about these these vertical uh, uh, mineralizations. Um, let's talk. I see the grades there. It's copper, it's gold or precious metals. Great. But can you give it to us in either copper equivalent terms or gold terms, uh, gold equivalent terms, so we actually understand the level of grading? Yeah. So let's just start with the raw metal. Um, you know, the, the, the grade of copper, gold and silver, that equates to uh, in the 6.7 million tons, that equates to about 190,000 ounces of gold, 11.7 million ounces of silver, and 130 million pounds of copper. You know, those are just the straight numbers. If you apply a copper equivalent or gold equivalent number uh, and, you know, apply some reasonable recoveries uh, to those, you know, it works out to be about, you know, 100 and, um, uh, so, sorry, 620,000 ounces of gold equivalent or, uh, you know, 270 million uh, pounds of copper equivalent. Right. Okay. And and we're talking, sorry, is, is that collectively in the, the inferred resource number that you come out with, right? So Yeah. Right. That's, so that's, that's across right. a number of these breccia pipes. Right. Right. How many? Seven was it? Seven breccia pipes, yeah. Right. So you need you need you need a bunch more of those to kind of come good for you. So a bit more drilling. Yeah, that's right. You know, I think the the other thing we've learned is you, you never know what you're going to end up with until you do the work, right? So we have these surface outcropping breccia pipes. Uh, some of them look small to begin with, and you start drilling them and they get bigger. Some of them look small and they stay small. They might have very high grades, but they they don't they don't blow out like, like we see in the other pipes. There are three breaches in the resource that are far and away, you know, the, the prize here. Breccia one has about 2.6 million tons in, in inferred resource. Breccia five has about 1.6 million tons and Juan Karama has about 1.5. So the majority of the resource we just put out sits in those three breccia pipes. And and, you know, for us, so the other important learning is, okay, let's go find more of these big breccia pipes. These are the ones that contain the metals. These are the ones that have excellent grades. And these are the ones that if we can go out and preferentially start discovering the bigger breccia pipes rather than just all the breccia pipes, then the resources are going to get better with time. You know, our discovery rate is very high. If we can improve the quality of the discoveries within our discovery rate, then this is just going to keep getting better. So imagine us going out and, 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 and testing 20 new targets finding say eight to 10 new breccia pipes and those breccia pipes being more like breccia one, breccia five and Juan Karama, then this this thing is gonna scale up very nicely. It, it is, and, and again, just gonna help people get, get a picture in their mind about how you go about it because you talk about these sort of vertical mineraliz mineralizations, these breccia pipes. Uh, 
how, how does it work? Because you're going to need to finance this at some point. If you're going to go after, you know, so the the the, the uh, mineralization in there, you're going to need to finance it, and you you intend to. So the the cost of doing so is is what typically because it, it feels like right. There's British pipe number one. Let's go for that. Number two, we need to move everything over to British pipe number two. Move everything over to British pipe number three. Is it is it quite an expensive process? Well, you know, the other the other part of this is, you know, how much have we drilled in the past and how much have we gotten for that, right? We've drilled 60,000 meters. We have seven breccia pipes and an inferred resource. We have 6.7 million tons and we have 620,000 gold uh, equivalent ounces. So, you know, those are all metrics and they're very useful. You know, my job, of course, is to go out and find out how we can be better at every stage of the game? How can we be better at finding the next round of targets? How can we be better at, at targeting and, 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 uh, and testing those? And we now know that we can get away with as little as 500 meters uh, to test these targets. Because they're vertically extensive, you don't really need to drill deep initially. You just need to find the top of the breccia pipe. They go vertically, right? We know we can come back and drill you know, deeper, 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 uh, but we don't need to do that originally to test the, the, the target. So going forward, we're going to be more efficient with the target testing, 500 meters per target on average. You know, some targets may be a little bit more complicated, more multiple breaches, that type of thing. They may take more and some targets may take less. Now, going forward too on the resource estimate, you know, we've gone back and looked at how much drilling is needed to get just to that initial inferred resource category. And that number is much lower than we've drilled in the past as well. We think on, you know, in in exceptional situation where it's really simple and straightforward, we can get away with as little as two or 3000 meters of drilling to get an inferred resource in the top two or 300 meters, or as much as, you know, four or 5,000 meters. So we've got some metrics around that. And again, it's much more efficient than we've done in the past. That's the kind of discipline we're going to be bringing to our future exploration at Soledad. Right. So, so you, you learned a lot. The future drilling will be more efficient and therefore cheaper. And you are just going to, okay, shallow drilling on identifying these pressures that come to surface here, 500 meters. Great. I understand that. But to, to, what, to what end here? Because do you just keep drilling and finding uh, hitting, hitting targets, uh, doing this 500 meter drilling and, and build this thing out to, uh, to the point where you feel that you can get a decent resource and then flip it on. Or do you do enough to get the, get people interested enough to finance you to start some kind of revenue process whilst continuing to drill and identify breaches, you know, further into the future? I mean, how, how do you play this thing? How do you play the breacher game? Yeah, and I, I think right now we're in a position to do both. You know, uh, you know, Goldfields is our uh, biggest shareholder, and they want to see scale. You know, they they like these breccia pipes. The grade is excellent. Uh, the location is outstanding. They're already in Peru. They've got you know uh, a, a strong drive to find another producing asset to identify another producing asset in Peru for them beyond their Cerro Corona mine. So we, you know, we want to run as well. We want to test as many targets. We want to see how big this thing can be. But at the same time, there's some very 
you know, logical things to do with metallurgy, with engineering studies, with underground permitting and that type of thing. And, and those are items that need to be advanced as well. I think it's a little bit too early to put all your eggs in one basket and I don't think we need to. I think we can run hard on both strategies. We can advance the project in a number of, of significant ways. And as you know, you know, we're working on the permit for the south side of the project. It's very advanced. And that brings on a whole nother, uh, you know, list of targets, very high quality targets, including some different, much larger targets down there. Uh, that's really exciting too. And we see that unfolding in 2023. But okay, we're talking about eggs and, ba and baskets. You know, Goldfields are a big shareholder here. And, that, and that's a problem, I think, for, for you guys in the sense that people feel that they're just going to step up, take this thing over for cheap, and, you know, they're not going to really see some upside. That, that's a real worry for people. So yeah. does that define the way that you play this? Because if you do the drill game, you can go and keep raising money. Sometimes you keep delivering what sorts of things, the results that you're seeing, uh, we've, we've seen here and before last year. You can go and raise some money and hopefully Goldfields don't follow their money and we get a wider distribution of the share capital and, and it's like the, the shares in the market. Because otherwise, that's always going to be there. That's going to be the shadow, um, you know, looming and, and sitting on the, you know, that weight on your shoulders that you're not going to get a fair chance for growth or share price um, appreciation and, and growth. So what, what is your thinking about fixing that problem? Yeah. And I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of truth to that, uh, Matthew. You know, I think there is a perception out there that uh, Goldfields has a lock on this asset and certainly they have a very strong position. You know, they're, they're a 20% shareholder. Um, they're very involved in the project. Um, they bring a lot of support to us and that type of thing. You know, contractually, they have no uh, right. Their, their, their right is to maintain their shareholding position or their equity position in future financings. There's no right on the asset, but I think there's a perception out there. Um, you know, one of the things I think about when I get asked that question is, is I think about, you know, Doug Silver and our chairman, and, you know, there's probably no better person in the industry uh, that is able to create uh, competitive tension and, and with any deal, you know, and, and Doug has done over 300 deals in the industry, just, I mean, in every uh, conceivable imaginative way, you know, he's been involved in these types of deals. And, and I, I know that uh, we have a product, we have a very attractive project and we have the people on the board, including John Black, you know, that have been very, very successful in the commercial side of the business. And I, we, we just have to keep delivering results. Um, and, you know, don't forget that we have Barrick on the south side of the project too. You know, they're the underlying shareholder there. So we have the attention of, uh, you know, the first and the seventh largest gold producers in the world and what we're doing. And I think we're doing really good work. And I think we have people's attention. Well, share price says you don't and the market cap says you don't have the right people, i.e. The, the, the market. You need the market to work harder for you, right? Because I, yeah. it's all well and good at having these like blue chip brands sitting on the sideline waiting for you to do the hard work and then step in and pick you up cheap. But you need the market to go, look, hey guys, we've done some, uh, for you to say to the market, hey, we, we've done some drilling. Look at the numbers. The grades are really good. The grades are super. We're going to keep doing a lot more of this, build up the potential, you know, resource size. But um, 
for them to, for them to notice you. And you're going to have to be vocal, or, or, or Doug's going to have to be vocal about what the plan is, because you know it's all well and good saying I've got options, I've got experience, but you've got to say in this specific instance, we've got a plan. Here's what it is. Here's here's what, and plus here's what we're going to be doing this year. And by the way, here's how we finance it. Here's how we finance this thing. Because that's the, that's the other thing thing looming on uh, looming uh, over you as well. It's like, how do you finance this? Maybe maybe deal with that. Yeah. Well, you know, there there are a lot of options. And again, you know, this is where Doug's you know experience comes into play. There's a lot of different options for financing in our position. You know, we have a resource now. Uh, capital markets are competitive. We have a product. And, you know, we, we are going to evaluate all the options that are out there and we will make the, the decision that's in the best interest of our shareholders. You know, we have that commitment to them. We're shareholders ourselves and, you know, we want the best outcome for this project. And, uh, you know, we're working on that and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely confident that, you know, this is going to work out and, you know, we're going to have a project that's going to be, you know, very exciting to follow in, in, in this year. You know, now that we've shown what these breccia pipes can deliver and we go out and we start tagging into other breccias, testing targets, okay, the, the market should be able to say, okay, well, that one, you know, yeah, those grades kind of look like breccia one, that one kind of looks like one Karama, that could be another breccia five. And that's the kind of, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be, you know, testing these targets and say, saying, okay, well, that's another one. And, you know, I'll put it on the list. It's in the inventory. It needs to be drilled out. Let's move on. And so I think now that we've got some metrics behind us, we can use those metrics for uh, forecasting the future. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good starting point and it's, it's really good data points. But to put it put it in terms that the market understands, there's a lot more gold investors out there than than, than most other categories. So, um, in in gold ounces terms, most gold companies need to hit this two million ounce number, right? It used to be a million. I think it's like two million now to really really get noticed by the marketplace. In terms of a, a, a resource size, so what? How much more money is it going to take you to get the, that kind of quantum of um, gold ounce equivalent? Um, and how long will that take you based on what you've seen so far? Yeah. So, you know, if you just take the 620,000 ounces that we currently have gold equivalent ounces and you quadruple that, obviously, you know, that gets you over that 2 million ounce hurdle. And what does that mean? Okay. Well, that means, and I've always said this, you know, you double the number of pipes it took to get you to this point, And then you double that uh, with the depth extension, because all the pipes are open, we can we can go back tomorrow and start drilling on breccia one again at depth and follow the you know the breccia pipe at depth. We can do the same on breccia five. We can do the same at Juan Karama. So if you can double the depth extent and you can double the number of pipes, that's a four x. Okay, that's only adding seven breccia pipes out of. Uh, you know, out of the 110 targets that we have, you know, we've tested 16 of those. So can we get another seven breccia pipes? And remember, we're focusing on the bigger breccia pipes. So that should be even, uh, you know, if we can find the bigger breccia pipes, then doubling the number of, uh, if we had seven breccia pipes like uh, Juan Karama, breccia one, breccia five, we've exceeded uh, the initial resource, we've more than doubled it. And then you still, you know, potentially would have the depth extent to that. So I'm, you know, I'm very confident we're going to get there. I do see this as a multi-million ounce potential project. 
in gold equivalent. Um, I still think that it's got the footprint of a system that could be a tier one asset. And, you know, quite frankly, that's why Goldfields is there. You know, they see that uh, potential too. So, you know, this is, this is a story that's going to start unfolding much more rapidly now, now that we've done all of this work, we understand, uh, you know, where, how these things stack up. Uh, you know, this project is going to start advancing on a, on a much faster pace. Fantastic. I, I'm, I'm keen to get to the point where you're much clearer with, with the market um, about what those options are with the Goldfield. I'm going to call it an overhang because it kind of is in the minds of re- retail investors. Okay. Um, I'm also keen to get to the point where you are able to announce the type of financing that you're looking for and how that cash is being allocated. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it's going, let's get after small pressure pipes because if it's, if we can just do the same again and then go deeper, you've got yourself the, you know, well, more than the equivalent of a two million ounce gold equivalent, uh, uh, project there. That's a really good start, uh, to the day, quite frankly. So can you give me timing on, on, on that sort of guidance that you're going to start feeding into the market yet? Well, you know, we'll, we'll get the financing dealt with this first quarter. Our plan to start drilling is uh, mid-April. Uh, and, you know, the, the plan for 2022 is to drill test 20 targets, 20 brand new targets that we haven't touched yet. Those will all be on the north side where we're fully permitted. There's nothing holding us back. Uh, from doing that, you know, we're in the hardest part of the rainy season right now that starts to uh, decline in, you know, February, March. And, you know, April is a good time to get out there and start uh, the drilling program. Uh, you know, we're talking 10,000 meters of drilling, uh, 500 meters per target, uh, 20 targets tested. And, you know, our goal is to have eight or 10 new discoveries uh, by the end of 2022 that we can point to and say, these are new discoveries, just like we did last year with Paloma East, Paloma West, Juan Carama. Let's put those in the in the hopper and let's, let's uh, you know, those need to be drilled out uh, with future drilling. Uh, we want to advance, you know, our knowledge of the deposit in terms of the the mineralogy, the metallurgy, uh, initiating engineering studies, and and that type of thing. And as you know, we've been working very hard on the permit on the south side. That's advancing nicely, and you know, we expect to have that permit this year. As soon as we have that permit, we're we will be able to move forward with drill testing targets. Uh, but, you know, that just in terms of planning and the number of targets testing, you know, we see 20 targets tested on the north side this year and then 20 targets tested on the south side in 2023. And at that point, you know, this project is going to move forward with, you know, uh, the, the, those discoveries. There will be drill outs to, to, to be done. Uh, and, you know, the, the project, uh, the potential of the project at that point will be dramatically different than it is right now, in my opinion, because I know that we can continue discovering like we have. We've got grade, we've got targets, and we have the real estate to go out and execute that. Brilliant. And I'm glad you brought up the permit component. Are there any other permits or any other hurdles that would stop you from being able to start drilling in, in April? No, absolutely not. Right now, uh, no, there's nothing holding us back with the, the, the permits are in hand. Uh, you know, it's all on the north side where we've been drilling. We're just going to go to new places that we haven't drilled yet. So of which there are many, you know, as you know. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so that, that, all, that all sounds good. So um, funding Q1 
We'll wait to, wait to hear what that looks like and the cost of that money. Um, and then it's drill, 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 more of the same, please. Uh, David, appreciate your time today. Give, thanks for coming back on. Um, see you soon. Uh, thank you, Matthew. You know, it's always great to give uh, you an update and you know, let's let's plan on doing that regularly throughout the year. It's going to be a very, very exciting year for us. I think the, you know, the, the dinner table set uh, and, you know, it's a question of, you know, let's let's uh, let's serve up roast beef because I think that's what everyone wants to see.